This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Monday. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, July 26th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy fresh off his latest concert tour stop, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I thought I was an official emissary from BYU to the Big 12 to go to Dallas over the weekend. I was not, uh, but I went to Weezer, Green Day, and Fall Out Boy at Globe Life Field, home of the Rangers, which was, it was epic, dude. It was awesome. Best weekend ever for you. It was pretty awesome, yeah. Wow. How many uh, people? Yeah, I don't the, know if it was best weekend ever, but it was How many people good. were in the uh, the stadium? I don't know, but it was sold out. So basically, they didn't have, I was I was on the, I wasn't in, you know, uh, uh, the the pit, but I was 20 rows behind that, so it was good seats. Uh, with my buddy Manti, who played rugby here at BYU, and it was awesome. It was so cool. So it's fun to see. I went to the. I had. I've been to Dallas several times, but I went to the Grassy Knoll. Had not done that. Obviously, got Whataburger or Waterburger. Well, Waterburger. If you're uh, a Texan, but yeah, it it was great. It was great. Very humid, but uh, the concert was great. Flew back yesterday. It was awesome, man. Did you find the second gunman, Jerem? Uh, no, uh, but there is plenty of stuff on the conspiracy of that. <laughs> yes, with Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was a great weekend, man. It was fun. How, how was your week? Uh, fantastic. Good. Yard work, house cleaning. Not as exciting as oh. seeing Green Day, and a, Weezer, green, Fallout Boy. Green's the connection, I suppose. Yeah, I listened to a few songs from those bands yeah. on the weekend. Yeah, I know it was great. Uh, Rivers Cuomo had a had a full mullet. So it, was, it was great. Okay, here's a question about mullets. This yeah. got brought up yesterday at yeah. church of all places. Okay. Is there any woman, like in her right mind, that desires a man to have a mullet? I, I, you said in her right mind. <laughs> I, please help me understand if a mullet is something Which that a woman us ever wants. To our question of the day. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Let's get to Voice of the Net. Nope. Nope. Hey, we've got a few showstoppers in today's lineup. No mullets, but some showstoppers. Uh, Don't rule it out. We don't know if Scotty G grew hair. That's true. Maybe he did. And he he is part of the show lineup. Uh, (laughs) Oklahoma and Texas making it official they will not move forward with the Big 12 when their current media grant of rights expire. What does it mean for BYU? The Big 12. College football in general. ESPN's Trevor Maddich will answer those questions and explain why the SEC may not stop at just 16 teams. Plus more preseason accolades for BYU football stars, the Cougars in the Olympics update. And as Jerry mentioned, our opponent previews continue with a look at Utah State football and the play-by-play voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. In the latest news from the Big 12, the executive board met last night with both the presidents from Texas and Oklahoma. Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said this, the meeting was cordial. The executive committee expressed a willingness to discuss proposals that would strengthen the conference and be mutually beneficial to OU and UT, as well as the other member institutions of the conference. End quote. Yahoo Sports Pete Thamel reports, another source told Yahoo that the Big 12 executive committee's message to Oklahoma and Texas was clear. Don't play us. If you're willing to come with ideas or elements you'd need, do it genuinely. If this is done, let us know. End quote. Both schools have taken the first legal step of leaving. By officially notifying the Big 12 this morning, they will not extend their grant of rights beyond the 24-25 season. It's a fish. Yes. They are going to leave. 
Or so it seems. Yeah, we're going to talk, as you mentioned, to Trevor Maddox about this. We have been pointing to 2024, 2025 yeah. for what feels like forever. Yep. Now it feels like there are some real legs to this thing. Yes, lots of discussion coming up on it. BYU linebacker Peyton Wilgar, one of 51 players on the Butkus Award watch list given annually to the nation's most outstanding linebacker. The Jim Thorpe watch list for the nation's best defensive back is also up but features no BYU players. On Friday, James Empey was named to the 2021 Remington Trophy watch list awarded to the most outstanding center. And Isaac Rex, after those... Double-digit touchdown catches from Zach Wilson, not surprisingly, is on the John Mackey Award watch list given to the best tight end in the country. Taylor Sander in USA Men's Volleyball swept France Saturday and lost to the Russian Olympic Committee last night. The Americans take on Tunisia tomorrow night. It's C-3PO versus the Americans. On the women's side, assistant coach Lucas Slavin in the USA Women swept Argentina last night, play China tomorrow. United States swim team... Josue Dominguez finishes seventh. Well, Dominican, uh, sorry, Republic. Dominican Republic of BYU swim team. He finishes seventh in his heat in the 100-meter breaststroke, falling short of the semifinals. Dominguez races in the 200-meter breaststroke stroke, rather, tomorrow morning, 6.35 a.m. Eastern time. So you're going to set your alarm. Well, I got up for USA. But no, I didn't know. Uh, in the Powder League here locally, Hunter Erickson scores 23 points in a loss to a team featuring Yoli Childs and Jake Schultz. Hunter Erickson's having a nice summer in the Powder League. Yes, he is. What Mark. is the Powder League? It's like a league locally of some professional, some Collection amateur Collection of Western yep. States. It's a pro-am. It's a, yeah. Yeah, professional. Okay. Hunter Erickson was brought up specifically by Mark Pope on Thursday's show. Mm-hmm. He's, he's uh, yeah, speaking highly of Mr. Yeah. Erickson. I, I sometimes watch this program. When yes. I'm, oh, really? Yes, it, yeah. you? Yeah, okay. Like, what are they talking okay. about? That, that opinion was weird. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington Spirit and Ashley Hatch, who scored her sixth goal of the season in a 2 to nothing win against Racing Louisville, also part of the headlines. Hatch leads the National Women's Soccer League in goals scored with those six. It's Washington Spirit. I thought, Spirit. I thought we had talked about it. Volleyball Magazine ranks uh, BYU Women's Volleyball's recruiting class number seven nationally. Okay. How about that? Okay. This is the best recruiting class of any team on, uh, you know, on campus. Maybe cross country. Rival this. Uh, third time in four years in the top ten. And on Friday, Mickey Yao Hyainen signed with Savo Volley in the Finnish Men's Championship League. I am not even low-key. I was going to say I'm, I am low-key. <laughs> low-key. I am low-key excited. No, I am high-key excited for high BYU key. Women's Volleyball this fall. Oh, let's go. They are Elite Eight good and have a shot at making another Final Four. Amen. I'm stoked. They Let's are go. so talented. They're loaded go. with talent. Cougars in the minors. The Akron Rubber Ducks. That's a real thing. Daniel Schneeman goes for a win over the Flying Squirrels, Jerem. <laughs> <laughs> These are real? Yeah. I knew Rubber Ducks the were rubber real. Ducks I didn't know the Flying, flying squirrels, squirrels were real. Jeez. Minor League Baseball for the win. Triple uh, A, Iowa Cubs Michael Rucker pitched two shutout innings, striking out two in a 6-5 loss in their contest. So we're still the, waiting for the LA Clippers, Rucker, or Brennan Lund, yeah. or make it. Colton Shaver. Somebody get the call from Triple A to the big leagues. Someone make it. Let's go. All rise and shout. It's time for a loaded edition of What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, Big 12 chaos. Ah, uh, the college football upheaval is in full swing, it seems, Go. late July 2021. As Jerem just mentioned, Oklahoma and Texas have made it official, at least legally with that first step, that they are not going to renew their existing media grant of rights contract with the Big 12. And 
we think we'll seek inclusion in the SEC. Who knows if another conference tries to come in and poach them, money talks, all these things. There's a lot of uncertainty right now. What happens to the Big 12 when their two banner holders leave that conference? And, Jerem, my question for you is, if BYU was invited to the Big 12 right now, knowing that Oklahoma and Texas and all of their notoriety are leaving, would you take it if you're BYU? Okay, so if a house was on fire, would you want to move in it today? If a car got in an accident today that totaled it, would you want to buy said title that hasn't even been rebuilt? I would submit to you no. I think the Big 12 is on fire right now. I think it'd be a weird move to uh, accept something like that. What evidence do we have that BYU will be aggressive in this situation? BYU has been passive to its benefit over the last 10 years. Recall the Big East uh, inviting San Diego State and Boise State and BYU, it seemed. Uh, oh, that big, that BYU lawyer is a, quote, piece of work, that whole deal. Um, I know who that guy is. He's not a piece of work. He's great. <laughs> Steve, I love you. Um, it's, it, no, it, it's not. It's not. I would wait for the insurance company to rebuild that house and that car, and then I would consider it. Now, is BYU desperate? I would submit to you no. Not right now. I don't think BYU is desperate. I think BYU feels pretty comfortable. We need to see what happens. BYU does a nice job of like, okay, now that the dust settles, what's the best move for us? Let's not be crazy. Boise State had to pay the Big East because it was aggressive in a similar situation. Okay? Boise State never went. Maybe because BYU didn't go and it didn't work out as a sort of pairing. You sort of need like a, like a partner in this, right? Um, Utah and Colorado and, and, and so on and so forth. West Virginia and TCU to the Big 12. You kind of need a partner. So I would say no. I think that'd be weird. I think we need to see if the Big 12 is going to survive. There, there's some talk of, well, maybe the Big 12 can add some of these group of five teams. This is called expansion because what we're actually talking about with Texas and Oklahoma is realignment. In the SEC. Not expansion. Expansion means we're going to add people to the Power Five who aren't Power Five. That would be a BYU, a Houston, a UCF, Cincinnati. Those feel like the top four candidates, perhaps not in that exact order. Uh, so I would say no. If the Big 12 does, they'll go, hey, we need to add two or four or whatever to keep this. They may not get the 30-plus million a year TV deal with those teams per se, but what if they get anything north of what BYU is getting? I don't know exactly what BYU is getting, but it's somewhere between 4 and $8 million right per year, it feels like. What if BYU could get $15 million and have – uh, the power of that money. The access to the 12-team playoff is not going to matter as no. much. Nope. So, uh, and I don't know that the way B- if BYU doesn't cool on scheduling, it's not, not going to matter either. BYU is not going to be a one-loss or zero-loss team in the future. So, long answer, no. Okay. I'm looking at this. BYU's in an airplane. The storm has settled in over Big 12 country. There's thunder. There's lightning. It's all types of chaos. BYU is wise to just maintain a holding pattern, okay? And they've got enough fuel to circle for a few years. They don't have to dive into the storm right now. I am 100% with you on that. Why throw yourselves into a precarious situation right now when you have the capability to just stay outside the storm in a holding pattern? And Tom Homo talked to us during our Decade of Independence review and made it very clear that conversations are ongoing, have been ongoing. BYU has always been open, but they've done so 
I don't want to say they haven't been they haven't, they haven't been uh, aggressive in doing that, but it, it kind of just feels like they've been wise. They've just kind of been listening. I th- yes, I think BYU's been talking. The aggressive part is perceived as being taking action. BYU's not taking action in ten years, specifically joining another league. That doesn't mean you can't prepare if the opportunity is beneficial. I I would be shocked if BYU hasn't had conversations with the Big Twelve, the AAC, the whoever about interest in the future or saying we are interested if there's an opening. You think Tom Homo hasn't told these groups, hey, if there's an opening, please talk to sure, us. Sure, talk we to us. We are very interested. Of course he has. Yes, and that con- those conversations will absolutely continue. There are a couple of things to keep in mind with the Big 12. When your banner holders leave, there are some massive financial voids and uh, TV right voids to fill. Who brings value? Who can bring value Nobody. that would somewhat alleviate the holes that Texas and Oklahoma are going to leave? Are no you, one's going to equal it. No, no one's going to equal it. And that's the thing. That's why BYU's not in a power five league because so, BYU doesn't bring to a league more value. They might be bring equal value but, but who to does to uh, nobody. That's the thing. Who Except does? for Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's the only team. So Notre Dame would bring it. Paul Feinbaum of ESPN said that behind Notre Dame, BYU is the next best candidate. He cited BYU's network, for, their for worldwide ex- fan base. For expansion. Yes. For ex- so yeah, yeah. I like that BYU does have something to offer. And, and, and you no, don't have to preach to this choir. We all know. No, in yeah, no way yeah, are we going yeah. to say that BYU is going to fill a void that Texas or Oklahoma leaves. No, that's silly. Okay? Yeah. But of the teams remaining, BYU's got a case. So the Big 12 has to consider, okay, well, how can we get the most value? And do they ultimately decide that, you know what, it's just not worth it. So our other big Dogs are going to get poached. Yes. Does the Pac-12 expand? Does the Big Ten expand? Does the Big Ten come down and say, hey, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, come to the Big Ten. We'll go to 16 teams, too. The Big Ten should raid the Big 12. If I was the Big Ten, I would raid the Big 12 now, before the SEC does. Like, what teams will be left standing? It's all going to come down to, okay, what money is available? What value is available for the eight teams remaining in the Big 12? And who they can add to try and entice ESPN or Fox Sports or both to say, okay, we know we're not going to get as much money as we had with Oklahoma and Texas, can but we have a good chunk can we still have the majority of this yes. if we add these teams? Yes. So that's a bad Power Five TV deal would still be two to four times better than what BYU is doing now financially with TV money. So that's why, yeah, wait till the dust settles and then see what happens. We need to see if indeed the Big Twelve is the Titanic and is sinking, or if uh, they can yeah. patch that thing up and actually push forward. Our question of the day. We want you to answer it. If BYU were invited to the Big 12 right now, would you want them to accept that offer? Why or why not? Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Derricott underscore Mike on Twitter. Yes and yes. Wow. Okay. So accept right now. BYU has nothing to lose. If the league folds, BYU has independence to fall back on, which has been pretty good. BYU would bring the largest stadium to the Big 12 and a solid national fan base. They should vote in BYU for the sake of stability. I'm not sure. Well, maybe BYU upsets ESPN. You never know. Because ESPN might be like, no, 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 don't do that. Hold off. Hold off. And so it might not necessarily be there. Like, can BYU date ESPN again after getting into a relationship? Like, I'm not sure that that's the case. Is it advantageous? You would think it, it is. 
But is it advantageous for BYU to have a relationship and contract with ESPN while this Big 12 situation happens? Like, what's ESPN's relationship like with the Big 12? And will they be a liaison for BYU somehow in making something happen? I would think that ESPN would help in in some way. I don't know how influential they'd be in that, but perhaps uh, majorly. Okay, coming up, Paul Feinbaum weighs in on BYU and Expanse. And Trevor Maddich on realignment within the Big 12, SEC, and what it means for BYU. Is the SEC going to stop at 16 teams? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us on Friday for a celebration of the past year of Cougar Athletics as we bring you the Y Awards, who will win teams and athletes of the year. Many awards to be handed out. Find out Friday noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Let's go. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. What a show we have going. College football and college sports in general. Power Five, all up in the air. Again, alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. It is our pleasure to welcome in over Zoom ESPN college football insider and expert BYU national champion, longtime friend of the program, Trevor Maddich. Look at that background. Trevor, nice. uh, you've, you've upgraded your background. It's, it's good to see you join officially uh, from a distance, BYU Sports Nation. What do you mean background? I've decorated my house with this. <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing a party? That's awesome. I love it. Hey, what an incredible last 96 hours or so within college football. Let's just get your initial reaction to Texas and Oklahoma officially declaring their intention to not renew their media rights with the Big 12 in 2025 and join the SEC. What is this going to do to college football and college sports as we know it? This is epic. It's gigantic. It's one of the most seismic changes in college football in our lifetime. Because it won't just be this happening. I mean, if if it is, if it's just Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, then there'll be a big reshuffling. But I kind of get a suspicion that there's a lot more going on behind the scenes, and this is only the beginning. And so this being the snowball at the top of the mountain coming down and growing into a massive snowball than an avalanche is something that we need to be ready for. Now, it's interesting because in 2011, I guess 2010, when the dominoes started to fall, it was Texas and Oklahoma to the Pac-12 that initially started that. They leveraged that into more money, the Longhorn Network, and, and, and just cemented their position in the Big 12. Is there any chance this is actually the play for them, where they, want, they don't want an equal cut, they want even more, and that they don't actually go to the SEC? It is theoretically possible they will have made the rest of the Big 12 hate them even more than they do. And the thing is, they are the driver of the Big 12. And I am confident that if the Big 12 came to Texas and Oklahoma and offered a certain uh, package, they gave them even more than they're already getting, that the rest of the Big 12 would bite their tongue and agree, even though they would hate it, because the alternative for them, worst case scenario, is that it dissolves and most of them will be either independent or scrambling to beg a group of five conference to take them. This is the possibility, if that's the only thing that happens, that Oklahoma and Texas go to the SEC. So I don't know, though, that Oklahoma and Texas would want to do that. The reason is that the the possibility of going to the SEC, not just with its money, but with its stability long-term going forward, would be enticing. It also means that it's not out of the question that the ACC or the Big Ten could throw their hat in the ring and start to bid for Oklahoma and Texas. So right now, lots of things are on the table. 
And where they end up, I don't think it will be the current Big 12. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's fast forward to 2023, Trevor. It, it, in our day and age, things want or people want things to happen fast. It is a give it to me right now. I, I need this to happen right now. Do, do you expect Texas and Oklahoma to wait all the way until 2025 to make a move, or do you expect them to shell out some money and go where they want to go before that? Well, the reports now is that under the contract they have with the Big 12, if they leave before the end of this current contract, which is in the summer of 2025, they each have to pay $76 million. But they may find it worthwhile because their boosters could stroke a couple of checks and cover that right away so that they're not laying ducks in that conference. So that that's a possibility. But also keep in mind the possibility that this is not just about the SEC adding those two. Keep in mind that the SEC might keep going. The SEC might turn this into not a 16-team super conference, but a 20- or a 30-team conference that is now the new Tier 1 in college football. Now, when they have that going, it's just speculation. It's just hypothetical. But if they were to put together something like that and not stop at Texas and Oklahoma, but bring in Clemson, Florida State, you know, bring in, who knows, bring in USC, Stanford, and Oregon, you never know, then they could negotiate not just with their current TV partners, but all of a sudden the media companies, which are starting, or social media companies, internet companies, I guess, that are starting to get involved. Amazon now has the Thursday night NFL package. So where is that going to lead? And how much of this might be long-term positioning by the SEC to not just be the most powerful conference in college football, but to be the power in college football in a new Division I? Now, I don't know that that's happening, but it's just fascinating to think about where this might go. And the money is part of it. The stability and inclusion in something that may happen like that down the road, I think, is even bigger. As much as we want to act like Texas is not back on the field, they are certainly a massive player off it with the most revenue and what they have did in 2010 and now here in 2021. It's really interesting. Okay, so obviously the dominoes of realignment are here. People are talking about expansion and realignment like it's the same thing. It is not. Realignment could be just power fives and a different power five. Then there's a team like BYU going, okay, where do we fit in this? How can BYU take advantage of this? I'm not necessarily um, you know, of the opinion that if the Big 12, and this is our question of the day, Trevor, if the Big 12 asked BYU, hey, we want you right now to replace Texas or Oklahoma whenever that is, um, do, would, would you take it if you're BYU? Because it feels like the Big 12 is incredibly unstable right now. I feel like BYU should just wait it out and see what happens and hope that they do get an invite to a Power 5 league. That is a very good possibility, although moving towards a 12-team playoff in a few years seems like a real, real boon for BYU because now they have an actual, honest to goodness, real possibility of making the playoff. When it, when it's four, only about six or seven teams had a chance to compete for that. But at 12 now, BYU doesn't need to be in a conference. But what they're talking about is if everything kind of stays similar, you know, the SEC might expand, the Big 12 may or may not go away, but it's relatively similar then this particular 12-team playoff concept is proposed to have the top six ranked conference champions get an automatic berth. The top four of those get a buy in the first round of the playoffs. Then there's six at large. And BYU would be, as an independent, in great position to get one of those six at large berths. And the Big 12 is not guaranteed to go away. The Big 12, it's possible. that They are guaranteed, by the way, if those two teams leave, they're guaranteed to make less money. But the Big 12 could just stay with those eight teams 
add a BYU, add a San Diego State to get a Southern California market, add a Boise State, for example, and become a conference that won't make as much money as they would with Texas and Oklahoma leading the way, but still one that's a viable conference that will have a viable income stream from the broadcast partners that still has a conference champion that would qualify for one of those automatic bursts. And so in that regard, BYU could consider joining the Big 12 as they try to expand back out to 10 or 12 or 14 members. Right now, BYU, though, I think can just sit and wait because independence for them in the current scenarios that are on the table is still a really good place for BYU to be. Being in a conference is still a good place for BYU to be, especially as it, as it pertains to the access to the playoff. The thing they've got to watch for is if the SEC does continue to expand and start to bring in the power teams from other conferences and turn into that one big conference that then declares itself the bigger um, division in college football, then BYU as an independent would want to consider the possibility of trying to join something. Yeah, and I totally get that. And access to the playoff with the 12-team uh, you know, uh, proposal, totally. That's a way better thing for BYU. I don't think the end game for the Cougars necessarily is to, hey, at some point, maybe once we get into that, right? Because that's what it would take for BYU is got to ease up the schedule, get in there once. If BYU can get more TV money, now it's actually in a power league because the power is access and money. So I love that idea. If I, I just don't think it's right now with the Big 12. Like if the Big 12 today said, hey, do you want to come in? I'm not sure it's a great move because we don't know if the Big 12 is going to continue to exist. But if they expand, like you said, with some of these other notable group of five teams, now that's actual expansion. Now I'd be in because well, it's, it's better than BYU's getting, who knows, one to two mil a game uh, at home. Now you're talking about something probably in the teens or 20s per year, which is a massive increase for BYU football. I think that's fair, and I think as media rights continue to get renegotiated, remember that that ESPN and everybody else that would like to broadcast BYU games understand that uniquely in college football, BYU has a, a not just a national but an international fan base, BYU and Notre Dame, and for similar reasons. Exciting brand of football, their affiliation with the churches. And so those things make BYU very attractive as an independent and as a member of the conference. But because both of those would be viable for BYU under most likely scenarios, BYU doesn't have to jump. They can sit back and wait and see you know, who, who calls them, who they might want to call, how things shake out. And there's no need for them to jump into a weaker conference if they think that's not the best thing for them to do long term. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. Looking at the eight teams that would remain in the Big 12 after the departure of Texas and Oklahoma, Trevor, who's the banner holder of the Big 12? Because football is king, so which program is the banner holder with the Longhorns and Sooners gone? Well, this is part of the problem for the Big 12 if they stay together as a conference in terms of their uh, attractiveness as a revenue producer for broadcast partners. Right now, the best team on the field is Iowa State. Oklahoma State's nipping at their heels. Those are two outstanding football programs that are critical to their, their local cities and counties and regions in terms of finances, in terms of pride, and all the things that they do. And they're really good, but the problem is you don't consider them a national name like Oklahoma and Texas. I think you'd have to have a team rise up now and start to beat the, the big teams in the SEC in order to be seen as more of a national brand. Well, who does that? Well, who's got those teams on the schedule right now? And so they can beat each other up. They can go undefeated within the conference and still as a national brand 
goes. They still need to beat either in the playoff, in a bowl game, or in a non-conference schedule. They need to beat a Clemson. They need to beat an Alabama or an LSU to get on people's radar outside of their region. So right now, who's who's the flag bearer? The best teams. So you're looking at, at Iowa State, Oklahoma State, maybe TCU. Yeah, and who's to say the Big Ten doesn't come in and say, hey, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, what do you think about going to 16 teams Kansas? in the Big Ten? Kansas for hoops? Hey, if you're the, listen, here's one that'll make a lot, of, a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth. What if the Big Ten says, okay, the SEC has now grown into this massive super conference. They want to elevate themselves above our level. The Big Ten doesn't think anybody is above them. What if the Big Ten hypothetically says, okay, USC, Stanford, Oregon, Washington, Join the Big Ten. Yeah. And, and that's a Imagine question, Imagine the Trevor. fallout from that. Yes, that's a question. Where's the Pac-12 sit in all this? Because this whole mm. time, I've always wanted BYU to be in the Pac-12. There's obvious issues with the we're a research institution, LGBTQ plus issues, blah, blah, blah. I, at some point, I wonder if the Pac-12 says, okay, we know it's about football and we don't care about the research institution thing. Like, at some point... As long as Stanford and Cal are in that league, I don't think BYU is in that league. But who knows? Who knows what happens? Because I like culturally, uh, geographically, it feels like the best fit, despite those issues I mentioned, would still be the Pac-12. Um, yet the Pac-12 has issues. So I don't know where BYU fits in all this, but the Pac-12 has got to sit here and go, do we still lay low in this? What, what do they do? Well, the Pac-12 has been striving towards national relevance for a while. I mean, they brought all their coaches out for a big media publicity run a few years ago to New York City, for goodness sake, to try to get people on the East Coast to be interested in Pac-12 football. They're moving towards it. They have an inherent disadvantage that their marquee games in the afternoon are played in a time slot that doesn't get them on the, the highlights for most of the games of you know, the Midwest and the East. And that's a problem because you've got Pac-12 stars that are fantastic. You've got excellent teams in the Pac-12, but until they play, they can't be on the highlights at halftime of the next game. And so the time zone hurts them from that standpoint. That's where a team like a BYU would help them because BYU is that national brand. It's not just expanding their, their media footprint into the Salt Lake City area. They've got Utah for that. BYU, though, is a team that would expand the footprint of fan base without expanding the geographical footprint. But you're right about that. Now, maybe a compromise would be have BYU as a football-only member of the Pac-12 and let the rest of the Olympic sports stay in the West Coast Conference, which is a phenomenal conference. And I think that's been just a great a great thing for BYU basketball, et cetera, to be in. I love the West Coast Conference. But when it comes to people now surviving and thriving, it may be that the Pac-12 is ready to take another look at BYU and bring them into the fold for everything that they do bring to the table. Trevor, we appreciate the conversation. We feel like we're just getting started. We're going to do this often, I'm sure, over the next uh, weeks and months as the college football landscape changes, if you're okay with that. Uh, I'm fine with it. And just this is a teaser. What about paying players name, image, and likeness? How will that be affected by what's going on now with all these new conferences coming together and the money that they will be making. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, you bring up a fantastic point and certainly something for us all to sit back and think about. Trevor, uh, it's great to have you on the program. We appreciate the backdrop that you implemented, your redecoration of your house, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Trevor Mattis of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. He brings up a great point. How will name, image, and likeness and the ability for players to use their names within their respective programs 
affect where they go, what conferences expand to re- invite which teams. Like, it's all up in the air. I feel like everything has just been thrown up in the air, and then we got to wait a few years to see where the dust settles. Max Olson, who covers uh, Texas in the Big 12, uh, tweeted a quote from somebody from the other eight schools. They set the house on fire knowing there were eight of us in it. It's the ultimate betrayal. Wow. It, it is re- the ultimate betrayal I, I, by Texas and Oklahoma. I wish BYU had been with Utah in a similar situation to the Pac-12 originally. That, <sighs> that would have been fun. Coming up, our football opponent previews continue with Utah State. Plus, another ESPN personality, one on the basketball side primarily, Kendrick Perkins loves himself some Zach Wilson. Jeremy, should we care what a basketball guy thinks about BYU's top football guy? Is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is a loaded Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation. If you missed our conversation with Trevor Maddich, great stuff there about realignment, expansion, where BYU might fit into all of it. And if uh, we are headed towards a mega conference in the SEC, download the podcast, go back and listen to it. Okay, Jerem, I think it's time. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. For the weekend, your boy Chad Ochocinco and Kendrick Perkins had high praise for Zach Wilson. Which former pro athlete's praise is more welcome? I'm going to go with Chad Ochocinco. How can I go away from a Bengals legend? Come on now. Uh, And he played football. Kendrick Perkins is a basketball guy. So as much as I like that he says, Zach Wilson's a gamer. This young man is must-see TV. Like... That's great, but I value the football man's opinion more than the basketball man's opinion. It's as simple as that. Chad Ochocinco says he's very Patrick Mahomes-ish. Yep, we've heard that one. Uh, no expectations with that. Uh, Kendrick Perkins during the season was tweeting about BYU. He was staying up late on the West Coast, I assume, and saying, hey, he's must-see TV. So, no, it's cool for both. It's great. Uh, you know, Chad hasn't always been the most rational figure, so, uh, but, <laughs> yes, I agree with uh, that. Yeah, whatever. Like, it's cool. Great. Paul, it, it mattereth not a yeah. ton. Well, let's stay with prominent media members. Paul Feinbaum says BYU is the second biggest name out there for a conference to look at in expansion behind only Notre Dame. Jerem, does this make BYU the Notre Dame of the West? Some BYU fans hate when I say this. BYU will never be the Notre Dame of the West. Ever. Are they making a Rudy? Is there touchdown Joseph? No. These things don't exist. The Four Horsemen, the Heisman Trophies, the National Team. BYU has an amazing tradition. But it will never be Notre Dame. BYU is its own unique thing. BYU has one Heisman Trophy and one national championship, but it takes a history of those things to equal Notre Dame's folklore, whatever. They're legend. Yes. Um, There are are some similarities, but I'm not ready to say that. Because they're both religious? Not ready to say that BYU is the Notre Dame of the West, but I do agree with him in that BYU, I feel like of all of the group of five teams and independent candidates, other than Notre Dame, BYU has the most to add from a value standpoint. Network, money, status. Amen. It also has the most baggage. Sure. Well, that's part of the deal. Religion. Yes. Religion. Like, let's let's be let's be honest. Yes. Religion. uh, Again, the LGBTQ plus issues that came up with the Big Twelve were a mitigating factor in that conversation. That BYU has it. BYU has its own network. We're on it right now uh, with BYU TV. 
BYU has baggage, but it also has amazing The most things. value. Yeah, amen. What other program has anything close to what BYU brings in terms of value, TV, eyes, money that way? If you want, like, on-the-field product football team right now, Cincinnati. Um, okay. But, yeah, and UCF's interesting. Houston's market, blah, blah, blah. Just depends what you want. Just depends what you want. If you want market, you go Houston. If you want on-the-field product, you go Cincinnati. If you want Florida, you go UCF. But, but they're not Notre Dame or the West. Notre Dame is Notre Dame, and BYU no. is BYU. Well, yeah, we're arguing over things that doesn't exist. No one's saying Notre Dame is Notre Dame or the West. This is the only thing that Cougar fans sometimes barely discuss. In light of Team USA falling to, uh, you know, France, again, another one. Oh, boy. CBS's Seth Davis was asked on Twitter who his Team USA would be if it was made up of college kids. His response Jimmer, 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 and D Brown <laughs> at Illinois, not the dunk contest guy, lefty. Would that team medal? That team would get buckets, Jerem. Yes. International superstar Jimmer Fredette playing at the FIBA level. Four Jimmers and D Brown. Okay, no, they wouldn't medal. Team would but give they up. would be the most entertaining team, would give up team to watch. They would be the most entertaining <laughs> team to watch, but they probably would be on the fringe of not getting a medal. Maybe what's, a bronze medal. What's fun is only one of those four gymmers, three are variants, the other is the actual one, uh, would would pull up from deep from three. They wouldn't even have to go rebound, which is awesome. They just get pull up from 40 and then get back on they defense. Make a lot of threes. <laughs> we talked about it earlier, Jerem. Uh, should we go with... Uh, the mullet look at any point going no. forward well, no, on like, this show. Yeah, here's, here's this is a tremendous Photoshop, especially mine. Really a lot of effort put into this. No. Which, which uh, no. Does any woman in 2021 prefer a mullet over anything else? A mullet. Like, who wants a mullet? I'm going to take this as rhetorical. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's let's pass. Uh, yeah, I really like your Photoshop there, Jim. <laughs> Listen, our social media team is typically pretty good. That was not one of those moments. I want to know whose hair, the, whose hair did you take to put on Maya? That's what I want. Where, yes. where, where did the picture come exactly. from? Man, uh, it man. came from a land down under. Uh, coming up, today's Rising Show. Plus, our next BYU football opponent preview, Utah State is under the microscope. The voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. This is BYU Sports Nation. You look good in Stop it. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, I talk with Spencer Linton. We talked about your journey to BYU TV, our previous connection while at BYU, and the impact your dad can't had on you. Check it out on BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. That was a fun conversation, at least for me. And it was it great. Went, it went really fast, and I talked a lot. It was an hour. So if you listen to the radio show on Saturdays at 1230 Mountain Time, that's like a 26-minute version. The podcast is the full conversation. So it's on demand. Go download it today. Yeah, I appreciated the invite. That was a lot of fun. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. We continue our lead-up to BYU football camp with our opponent previews. And today we focus in on... In-state rival Utah State, whom the Cougars will face on October 1st. To preview the Aggies, we are joined by the co-host of the Hans and Scotty G Show on the Zone Sports Network and the play-by-play voice of the Utah State Aggies, Scott Gerard. Scotty, nice to have you back on the show. How are you? My two favorite dudes on the planet, gentlemen. Always good to catch up. How are you? I don't even care if you're telling the truth. I like it. That's great. <laughs> you went to a Guster concert in Colorado over the weekend. 
I, I love that. We both like Guster. We've gone to Guster together. That's awesome. Yeah, a huge fan. Uh, and uh, they were at Red Rocks, so I'm coming to you live from Denver. But uh, but uh, seeing Guster at Red Rocks is something I couldn't pass up. So my wife and I did a quick flight over here, and uh, it was worth the rainstorm. It was worth the bad weather, but it was uh, it was awesome. Loved it. Hardworking man, but you got to fit in a concert or two, that's for sure. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we're running out of days for vacationing in the summer because college football is right around the corner, and you have a new era of Utah State football beginning under a new head coach, Blake Anderson. So what do you know at this point about the new Utah State coaching staff and the impression that they have given you? All energy, all excitement. It's a breath of fresh air here at Utah State. And, uh, you know, no disrespect to Gary Anderson, but I think Gary was at a point in his career where he kind of felt like things were probably winding down. And you could tell when uh, last year in the middle of the season, he decided to step away from the uh, Utah State program. This was a team that this was the year that they were supposed to be really, really good. I think for the last few years, we've been pointing to this season uh, and recruiting just didn't quite pan out the way that a lot of people had hoped Uh I, an attrition from the program had certainly hurt this team. And so they're building from the ground up. This is a great staff, uh, great excitement, great energy, uh, great focus. Uh, they've re-energized uh, the recruiting. Uh, they brought in a ton of P5 transfers through the transfer portal to try to boost the talent level on this team. And so there's a, it's, it's, it's been an exciting time here at Utah State as it feels like things are starting to turn back in the right direction. You mentioned those Power 5 transfers. That's awesome. And then, of course, Arkansas State guys who have followed Coach Anderson to Logan. You talk about uh, Logan Bonner at quarterback, perhaps the guy to beat there. We'll see. And then uh, Justin Rice on the defensive side. Are those guys expected to start and have a massive impact? Uh, Justin Rice certainly is going to be the most dynamic defensive player on this team as of right now. Uh, Last year at this time was the Mount West Conference preseason defensive player of the year for Fresno State. And then the Mountain West decided they weren't going to play football. So he jumps to Arkansas State so he can play a season. And then um, the Mountain West does decide to play. So he ends up traveling back to uh, the Mountain West with Blake Anderson. So an interesting trip for him. But he's a dynamic, awesome player. Uh, he'll be great for this defense. On the offensive side, frankly, I know that they'll say they'll have a competition. Uh, but I'd be really, really surprised if Logan Bonner is not the starter at quarterback for week one. I anticipate they'll make that announcement pretty quick in fall camp. Uh, because he seems like he's the guy they trust him with this offense. He's ran this offense. So I would be shocked if he's not your week one starter. Who is the best player on Utah State's football roster right now? I think I know the answer because the Aggies feature one of the most dynamic playmakers in the return game, but maybe your opinion is different. So who's the best player right now? Well, you're leading to Devin Tompkins, Savon Scarver. Uh, I think those are your two offensive players. Savon Scarver is great. Uh, in the return game and is a, you know, all American on the return side and has done dramatic things. He needs to be better as a wide receiver. He just can't be a return man. He's got to be a better uh, wide receiver and help out this team. And that's his focus. And I think that's what they're really working with him. Devin Tompkins is probably your most all around dynamic offensive player, but honestly, let's go back to Justin Rice. I probably think he's your best player that will have the biggest impact on his uh, on that on that side of the ball than anybody else for Utah State this year. What are the expectations in year one? Is it uh, approximate a bowl, go to a bowl, and then build from there? And and how long will fans and Logan give uh, Anderson and his staff to kind of be competitive in the Mountain West? Well, this is as far as the Mountain West Conference rotation schedule goes. This is the easiest schedule that they'll have in their four year rotation. 
Uh, they get uh, Wyoming at home, Colorado State at home, Boise at home. Uh, they drop off Fresno State, San Diego State, Nevada. So you don't have to play those three teams. And you pick up Hawaii, uh, you pick up UNLV, and you pick up San Jose State, who shockingly is now good again. Uh, but Overall, this is an easier schedule. You only play your only P5 team is Washington State on the road. They have New Mexico State and an FCS opponent. So honestly, even though there's a lot of gloom and doom around the Utah State program, the schedule, if they can get some consistent play out of the quarterback uh, spot and defensively, if they can improve, uh, I don't think six and six is out of the question here. I think a bowl game is a realistic expectation for this team this year. Scott Gerard, the voice of the Utah State Aggies with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU and Utah State is always a fun build-up to that rivalry game, Friday Night Lights. Uh, It's been a thing that's been happening for a while. How would you define the state of the rivalry from the Aggie fan perspective as they look at BYU? Well, I think if you're an Aggie fan, you're a little disappointed because over, uh, you know, Utah State won, you know, back-to-back games um, for the first time in forever. And it kind of felt like things had evened up a little bit. Uh, But over the last Last two years, obviously, it swung right back to BYU's favor. BYU's been the most dominant team easily. And frankly, had they played last year, it probably would have been really ugly considering what BYU had and what Utah State was going through. So, you know, you could kind of pencil in potentially three three straight losses to BYU. So, yeah, BYU's certainly got the upper hand. Utah State fans are probably a little salty about it. Uh, but, but I think that uh, Utah State's proven that in, you know, if they can recruit well, if they can, uh, if they can, uh, you know, build up the talent level that they can compete. I think Matt Wells and that previous staff proved that, you know, you can compete with BYU. You're not going to win every single game and you're not going to win, you know, four out of five or four out of six. But if you can keep it as close to a 50-50 split, that's a huge success for Utah State, considering how the imbalance of power has been over the last, you know, 20 years between these two teams. Scott, let's take a victory lap mutually together. Sam Merrill, and Elijah Bryant, NBA <laughs> champs. There you go. Top there two go. highest paid inside linebackers in the game, Fred Warner and Bobby Wagner. Hey, they, there's a little thing going on right now. It's BYU and Utah State. That's what I'm saying. It's look, let's, uh, you know, who needs the Big 12? Let's uh, let's the two of these guys pair <laughs> off, form their own conference, and they'll be the foundations of uh, whatever they want to build. Let's go. That's, <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the conference of the pros, for sure. The Rocky Mountain States Conference should come back when we were all together. Yes. We had like, the Colorado School of Mines and the Colorado School of Teachers or whatever <laughs> in the 30s. Let's bring it back, baby. Let's go. Scott, great to catch up with you, man. Uh, safe travels back from Denver. We'll talk more music and football soon. Thanks. Love it. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Scott Gerard, voice of Utah State football He's, on BYU Sports. I Nation. love Scott. He's great. Scott and Hans, they're fantastic. But, yeah, this, like, there's this Utah State-BYU thing going on the last you know week. Yes. Yes. Great. Celebrate good times. We would not do the this peak. with Utah. But our brethren in blue are welcome here. Let's go. Okay, coming up, would you accept a Big 12 invite right now? Plus, an Olympic size rise and shout. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can always download the free uh, apps as well, as you mentioned, and the podcast is on demand for free, BYU Sports Nation podcast. Just Google it, Bing it, ask Jeeves, whatever you need. Review it, but only if you're going to say nice things. No, it's America. You can do what you want. Our question of the day, 
If BYU were accepted or invited, rather, to the Big 12 right now, would you want the Cougars to accept that offer? Why or why not? In response, are <laughs> Can you elite? imagine all of a sudden <laughs> the <laughs> offer just happens? <laughs> like, we've been we waiting we need five you now. years. We, we need you now. Yeah. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at CL underscore living. Oh, boy. Didn't I already see this movie? He's got a screen cap of Leonardo DiCaprio wins last-minute tickets for a ride on the Titanic and falls in love with Kate Winslet. And all her money, only to end up suddenly going down in freezing misery. Yikes. Well, is is Kate, this what we've come to expect? Uh, Rose said she'd never let go. She actually did. Yeah, that bothered me. So, never let go. You let go. All, Rose is all talk, man. <laughs> I'll never let go. Uh, then why did you let go? You let go. Hold on to him. Give him a proper burial. <laughs> well, it did have some nice music going down. <laughs> no, that's a tragedy. That's terrible. Okay, uh, today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain Air Freddy. Forward. How about them BYU athletes in the uh, Olympics? Okay? Oh, that's fantastic. So there's three athletes, and then there's three coaches, and then there's a trainer. Let's talk about it. In Women's sevens rugby for the U.S., Jordan Mattias, formerly Jordan Gray. She's the GOAT of she's, BYU women's rugby. Yes, she's awesome. Josue Dominguez, we mentioned, Dominican Republic, has already competed, will compete again. Taylor Sander, crushing it in the first two matches for the U.S., who's 1-1. One one. Dustin Williams, USA track and field trainer. And then Mike Wall, assistant with the USA indoor men's volleyball team. Lucas Slabe, assistant with Karch Karai as head coach. All the women's volleyball team rolling. They're really good. And then Rich Lamborn is the coach of a beach duo. For the U.S. So cool. Love C- Cougars it. in the nice. Olympics, way, man. Way, way to rep, man. Way Added rep. context. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. they, they deserve a rise. Shout out. Volleyball like school. <laughs> Volleyball school. How, how many of those people? Four of the people? seven. Four, five of the, five the majority. Of the, seven. the majority four, of, the, four of, the seven. of the seven related to volleyball. In the light of the seven, yes. Is it a bad thing to be a volleyball school? I don't think so. I'm mostly kidding. I know it's football school. But <laughs> when it comes to the Olympics... <laughs> Volleyball, let's go. Hey, we're just getting started with this Big 12 madness. College football realignment. Oh, late July. Good stuff. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich, for going down that road with us. And Scott Gerard, the voice of the Utah State Aggies. Started Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. We're Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Robert Parker. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs and oh, get rid of the mullets. Oh, so bad. Get rid of them.